Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bishop Daniel Harley, the resident pastor of Christ Our Hope Cathedral, Kudumansville, and overseer of the KZN Council of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley is a son of Bishop Dag Hewitt Miller, the founder and bishop of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley has a strong passion for missions and evangelism and has preached the gospel over many years. Join us now for a life-changing experience. to Jesus let us pray Father thanks a million for this blessed opportunity to be alive and to be in your presence speak to us in a way that will understand let your name be glorified let your name be exalted let your name be lifted through your word we give you praise we give you glory in Jesus mighty name and everybody said amen why don't you put your hands together for the Lord? And you may be seated in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Amen. How many of you are excited to be in the presence of God this morning? You know, there are many people who wish they were in the presence of God today. But for one reason or another, good or bad, they are not in God's presence. So if we've gotten the opportunity to be in the house of the Lord, let us be grateful for it. Amen. Let's put our hands together for this blessing, please. Turn your Bibles with me to the book of Psalms. Psalm number 12, verse number 3 is the piece of scripture I want to lay a foundation with as I start this new discussion with you. I also don't have much time, so we're going to move very fast and come along, okay? What's the time there? 1922. Oh, oh. Okay. Sure, sure, sure. Are you there? The Bible says that if the foundation therefore be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Is that what it's saying? If the foundation therefore be destroyed. 
if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? How many of you have heard this scripture before? Two. Right. Great. If you've been in church for a day or two longer than a year, you would have come across this scripture before. And this scripture is talking about foundations. And it's saying that when the, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? It means there's no hope for the righteous when the foundation, if the foundation is destroyed. Okay? The same, there's no hope for your marriage. There's no hope for your life. There's no hope for your finances. There's no hope for the church. There's no hope for your Christian life. If you don't get the foundation right. Why? Because the strength of every building, when I say every building, anything you are building, the choir, your life, your family, everything you are building, the strength is in the foundation. Hallelujah. The strength of everything. I am standing on a foundation. How far I will go depends on the foundation I'm standing on. If the foundation is destroyed, the righteous, referring to you and I, not um, terrorists, you and I, the Bible says, what can we do? In other words, we cannot do anything, all right? So I'm coming to take us through, I am building a church, not I as in Daniel Harley, but Jesus said, I will build my church. So that's what I'm involved in. I'm not building a school. I'm not building a, a, a business or a soccer club. I'm building a church. So I want the foundation to be solid so that we can last a long time. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 90, the Bible says, Surely the foundation of the Lord it standeth sure. For the Lord knows them that are his. And let anyone that nameth the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Hallelujah. So here the Bible confirms what I'm saying. There are so many foundations when you go through the Bible. But the Bible confirms what I'm saying that nevertheless, that means most definitely, notwithstanding, the foundation of God is sure. It's sure. So the job of a foundation is to stand sure. We are not falling into the ground because the foundation of this building standeth sure. Hallelujah. So my prayer is that as we go through these foundational teachings, we will all establish ourselves properly as Christians and as a church. Amen. And the foundation for every Christian is Christ. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Is that not so? No, this is for those who used to go to church those Zion days. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Do you get it? So Christ is the foundation of every Christian. Hallelujah. Every Christian, Christ is the foundation of every church. 
or should be the foundation of every church. And if Christ is the foundation, the first thing about Christ is our salvation. Our relationship with Christ starts from salvation. Hallelujah. So one of the foundations that must be sure in your life as a Christian is your salvation. Hello? It's not your money. It's your salvation. Now, when you don't have that right, you wobble all along. I can tell you that many people who struggle with their Christian walk, perhaps, this may be one of the reasons, they are not truly born again. They are not truly born again. No, just check. You see a Christian always struggling. One fornication doesn't finish. I mean, it doesn't stop. I mean, you are never tired. doesn't stop. Three years, four and a half years, 33 years, still. Perhaps you are not born again. I'll read a scripture to you and then I'll go on. And today is a nice year and we're going to move very fast. It's just a teaching. I'm going to read and we go home. Okay. Turn your Bibles with me to this scripture which I'm reading. Ezekiel 36, I'm reading 26 and 27, it says, a new heart will I give you. This is when you repent and you give your life to Christ. The first thing God does is that he gives you a new heart. And a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stone heart. So what, what it means is, before you receive Christ, you and I, we have stony hearts. That's what makes us stubborn. That's why I said, there's a spirit that works in the children of disobedience. Ephesians 1. Do you see? So, it's the heart, it's the spirit. So I'll give you a new spirit and I will take the stony heart. So, it makes us naturally stubborn in relation to God. Disobedient in relation to God because the heart itself is cursed, It's hard. It doesn't respond to anything. Then he says, when I take out that heart of stone, what will I do? I will put a heart of flesh in you. Okay. Flesh refers to something that has feelings. Do, do, do you see? Something that has feelings. Please come, okay. Something that has feelings. Please stand here. Okay. This is flesh. This is inanimate object, okay? Inanimate object means it doesn't have any feelings. So I hit it, it won't cry. I give it a blow, it won't cry. I kick it, it won't cry. Why? It has no feelings, okay? Let us try the same. I am explaining to you why you must be born again. And when you see people struggling to obey God and struggling to walk in the laws and statutes of God, they are probably not born again. Reason is that their heart is made up of stone. When you are born again, God gives you a heart of flesh. And I've said that we have tried beating this inanimate object. It's not respond. Now let's try it on flesh. How many of you think that we should try it on flesh? Okay, fine. What was the first thing we did to the thing? We, 
No, 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 you are in a rush. We pinched it. The first one was pinching. Okay, so let's try it here. Flesh. How many of you can see flesh? Please, eyes on her face. You see the face is changing. Why is the face changing? Feelings, flesh, feelings. This is just pinching. Second one was what? We slapped it. Guys, my God, my God. We slapped this one three times. No feeling. So let's try it here. Ah! Please stand at the same place. One. Please count to me. At three, I will do that. One. Two. Ah! As soon as I hit, you see she's rolling on the floor. Before we come to kicking. Why is it so? Feelings, heart of flesh, flesh has feelings, flesh has feelings, flesh has feelings. So when God, ha- you are born again, God puts a heart of flesh into you. So then you begin to feel things. You begin to feel things that are wrong. Say, so, oh no, this thing is wrong. I don't feel like doing it. This thing is right. I should do it. This thing is wrong. I shouldn't say it. This thing is right. I should say it. It's good to pray. I'll pray. It's, it's good to do this. You start to feel. You start to feel. So when you meet anybody, it's like, of course, we all have challenges here, there. But this person is, look, holistically recalcitrant. I'll explain it in Zulu. Holistic means total. Recalcitrant means disobedient. So the person is totally disobedient, incorrigible. It means unchangeable, cannot change. No matter what you say, no matter what even happens to the person, cannot change. Perhaps I'm saying that one of the reasons, please don't go and write on your status that you have consulted um, Pope John Paul and he says what I'm saying is not true. I'm saying perhaps one of the reasons is that the person is not born again. So the heart of stone is still inside the person. That's why the person is non-responsive. That's why. That's why the person is non-responsive. So my prayer is that everybody under the sound of my voice will be truly born again. Which means you have repented of your ways and have accepted Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and your Savior. Hallelujah. You have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Then God himself will fulfill this scripture by taking away the heart of stone and put a heart of flesh into you. Now 27, look at what the heart of flesh will do. 27, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you. So this is the heart of flesh and the, the new spirit. It will cause you to walk in your own ways. It will cause you to walk in disobedience. It will cause you to walk in stubbornness. But it will cause you to walk in my statutes. And ye shall keep my judgments and do them. And do them. So when this spiritual transformation takes place, then something in you, which God himself puts in you, now causes you to keep God's commandments and to keep God's judgment. Hallelujah. So ask yourself, am I truly born again? 
I want to talk to you about eight important facts about salvation. Then if I get the chance, I'll talk to you about six effects of salvation today. If I get the chance and I have 40 minutes to do that. Okay. You should never joke with your salvation. When we were young, we learned a song. No, you can't go to heaven without. S-A-L-V-A-T-I-O-N. No, you can't go to heaven without. S-A-L-V-A-T-I-O-N. Salvation. S-A-L-V-A-T. S-A-L-V-A-T-I-O-N. S-O-L-V-A-T. S-O-L-V-A-T-I-O-N. Salvation. They told me we were children. You cannot go to heaven unless you are saved. Unless you are born again. Even when we didn't understand what it meant, we used to sing it. So it ingrained in our minds that without salvation, and that benefit, you know salvation, you know how to spell it. Because when people hear shin, they, they know that it's S-H. So the song even teaches you how to spell it. Yeah, salvation. So it's so, S-A-L-V-A-S-H-I-N. Shin. Today, my sons told me that if you are going to get it wrong, then get it wrong right. <laughs> like, in getting it wrong, get it wrong properly so we know you got it wrong. It's not easy. <laughs> so, eight important facts about salvation. Okay, number one. The Bible says that we human beings are sinners by birth and by our lives. This is the Bible. It says that we are sinners by birth and by our lives. Romans 3.23, the Bible says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of... Everybody is a sinner, including your pastor. Don't tell him, but he's a sinner. Yeah, don't tell him. I mean, you don't have to tell him. Just as I don't tell you, so don't tell him. But he's a sinner. The Bible says all of us are sinners. Or each, each one of us. Jesus said, there is none righteous. No, not one. So we are all sinners. This is, this is an important truth that you must accept. And we are sinners by birth. Like by the time we were born, we are already sinners. And then by our deeds. How many of you have told a lie before? Raise your right hand. The church has a lot of liars. We, we can export. Ah, Unat, you've told a lie before. Oh. Well, you told it to Zolile. Okay, don't say anything. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. So that we can export some liars. If it may be city harvest, if they need a few liars, we have enough to go and give them some. How many of you have taken something that doesn't belong to you before? Hey! The church is full of thieves, liars and thieves. Should I go on? 
Okay, let me go to number five so we can. How many of you have murdered somebody before? Okay, okay, it's okay, it's okay. Don't, don't, don't force it. If you haven't done it, don't say you have done it. Look, there could be a policeman in the church. <laughs> the Bible says that if thou sayest to your brother, Raka, which means fool, thou art guilty of murder. Okay? So let me ask the question again. How many people have insulted somebody before? So therefore, how many of us are guilty of murder? Oh, raise your hand well. You see, your self-righteousness is not making you raise your hand. Sit down. So, you can already see that we are all sinners. Murderers. Look, Pastor T, the church we are pastoring has murderers, liars, and a liar is a thief. Liars and thief, they go together. Because when you steal that thing, when they ask, did you tell you, say no. Which is lying. They go together. Yeah, they are brothers. They are in the same WhatsApp group. So, liars, Thieves, even murderers. I don't even want to ask about fornication. So let us agree with the Bible that we are all sinners. Clap for the Bible. Just clap for the Bible. Number two. The Bible teaches that the good things we that the good things we do are the good things we do are seen as filthy rags that cannot please God. When we do good things, God sees them as filthy rags. Alright? Isaiah 66 verse 6. The Bible says, but we are all as unclean as an unclean thing. And all our righteousness are as filthy Rags. So when God sees us, you, you, we all have a rag at home or a mop. The mop, is that what we call a mop? You know, we usually don't want to touch it. Even when it's brand new. We don't want to touch it because we know that it's dirty. No matter how much you wash, you can put it in the washing machine. When you finish washing, you don't want to touch it. Because you know that no matter how much you wash it, it's still dirty. That is how we are when we do good. So on your best day, that's how God sees you, as a filthy rag. On my best day. You see, today I'm wearing my Christmas, Christmas uniform. <laughs> but even in my Christmas uniform, when God looks at me, he says, oh, that, that's one of the filthy rags. He's going up and down using scriptures. But he's one of the filthy rags. That's how God sees us. Hallelujah. So what it means is that, okay, we'll come to it. Let's go on. Number three. We can never be holy enough because we were conceived in sin. We were conceived in sin. Psalm 51 verse 5 says, Behold, I was shaped in iniquity. Iniquity is an old word for sin. I was shaped in iniquity. And in sin did my mother conceive me. So even when you were just being conceived, it was in sin. Your mother was living in sin. Your father was living in sin. My mother was living in sin. My father was living in sin. Even for some of us, the activity that does, 
was a sin. Oh, you don't believe. Let me give you some mass assignment. Go and do it at home. When you go home, that is for those of you who your parents are married. Okay? When you, those of you who your parents are not married, you don't even need to do It's obvious. Do you get it? Don't, don't, don't. It's obvious. But I'm talking about those of you that's mommy, that's daddy. When you go home, ask them, when did you get married? Do you see? Then they will tell you, we got married in, they give you the date. So like how many years? Then subtract those years from your age or from your older brother's age or just subtract it from your age. You will get an answer to what I'm saying. Sometimes even go and look at the wedding pictures. You will see you were the page boy. <laughs> or you were the flower girl. I mean, I don't need to explain any further, do I? Yeah. So let us accept what the Bible is saying. You get what I'm saying? I see some parents trying to look at their children if they heard what I was saying. But it's okay, it's okay. It's still okay, it's still okay. Where's number four? The Bible tells us that none of us can receive salvation by doing anything in particular. Ephesians 2 verse 8, it says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. Can you see it? It says, we are saved by grace through faith, but not of ourselves, but it is a gift of God. So it's not anything that you and I did that brought us salvation. God just decided to save us. God just decided to save us. Sometimes when we grow in Christianity a little, we tend to feel that, oh, it's by what we did. I mean, we, we oh, yeah, yeah. It's not any year. God just decided to save you and I. Yeah, that's all. If he decides to pull away his grace, you backslide right now and go to hell. Yeah. So let us acknowledge that. It's just, it, it, you see, it's like somebody just wants to be nice to you and has done something for you. Not because of anything that you did. And in this case, that somebody is God and that you is you and I. Hallelujah. Number five. We are saved. We are not saved by our good works, but by our faith in Christ Jesus. Revelations 21 verse, it says, but the fearful, no, Romans 10 verse 9 says, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe with thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Hallelujah. The Bible says that if we confess with, if we just say Jesus is Lord, and we believe with our heart that God raised him from the dead. That's what brings salvation. Not by anything special that we do. Oh, I came to church, I gave an offering, so I'm, no. You see, I was dancing in the dancing stars. You had dancing stars today, right? Yeah, I was dancing in the dancing stars, no. I was in the choir, no. I sang a solo, no. I gave a, no, I preached, no. It's just confessing with your mouth. And believing with, confessing with your mother, Jesus is Lord. 
and believing with your heart that God raised him. It's not a story that you believe that. It's not a story that was told in the Bible that once upon a time God raised him. So it's a story that they tell for us to be happy. No, but that it really happened. Then it brings salvation. Recently, somebody wrote on Facebook, I can't believe that at this age of development, people still believe that a guy that referring to Jesus fed 5,000 men with two fishes and five loaves of bread. He put it that, he can't believe that people believe such, such a thing. Yeah, on Facebook. Then I saw people commenting under it. I am one of the people who believe that it happened. Yeah. It's not just a story. It happened. It happened. We believe it. We believe that Jesus came, he died, and God raised him from the dead. Yeah. Number six. God will definitely punish the sins of men with curses, sicknesses, and separation from God, both now and forever in the lake of fire. This sixth fact says that God will by all means come and punish people who don't obey him, people who don't give their lives to Christ. He will come and punish them with curses, with sicknesses, and then with separation from him by sending them to hell. Let me read the scripture. Revelation 21 verse 8. It says, But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and murderers and warmongers and sorcerers and idolaters, idolaters and all liars shall... <laughs> you know why I'm laughing. You just raise your hand for some of these things. Shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Revelations 21 verse 8. This is one of the reasons why you have to make sure that you are born again. Membership of the church is not a guarantee that you are going to heaven. You have to make sure that you are in Christ and you are born again. Yeah, because one day God will come. People will ask questions like, oh, do you think God will send people to hell? You wait and see. Don't worry, we don't need to argue. Wait and you find out. You find out. There's no, there's no need to argue. Sometimes I see people having a long argument. I say, why do you even waste your time to argue? When people set themselves out to argue, what they have said is that they won't believe anything. They won't accept anything. Look, an argument doesn't change anybody. No, oh, no, 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 no. Some of you think that, oh, if I can argue out my points, then people will change. No, an argument doesn't change anybody. People are set in their ways. You can argue. Even sometimes you are arguing with them, they are quiet. Do you get it? They are quiet. It doesn't mean you have changed their minds. No, 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 no. So I see them argue. I say, there's no need to argue. Just wait and see. Do you get it? Wait and see. When you are there, you will testify. You will update your status. You will write on Facebook, I made it to hell. Yeah, you will write it. You will write it. And if you believe that is true, there's no need to argue. When we get to heaven, you will update your status. Thank God I made it to heaven. There's no need for an argument. Even many issues, I choose not to argue. One day my wife told me, Charlie, you, you like peace, pal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I don't have time for fights. So. One day I was sitting at my side of the bed. Everybody has their side of the bed. Is that not so? Watching, watching my football. Then I went out. Just shortly to get something to drink. When I came back, my wife had moved from her side of the bed to occupy my side of the bed. No problem. When I came, I just came to take my phone. And I went to sit on the other side. And I just continued watching my soccer. I don't know. There's no need to move. No. All I want is to watch my soccer. Before I'm coming to say move, by the time I realize an unnecessary argument has come. Then, then by the time I realize there's a go against my team also. Double trouble at the same time. No, 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 no. No, one problem at a time. One problem at a time. That's all. <laughs> or no problem, a little peace. <laughs> Number next one. You will not go to hell in the name of Jesus. Number seven. There are two reasons why God decided to save us. Number one, the first reason why God decided to save us is that he loves us. He loves his creation very much. That's the famous scripture we know. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. John three sixteen. That whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Is that not so? God loves you and I so much. That's why he decided to save us. Then the next one, the second reason. We could not save ourselves through our good deeds like church membership, religion, or our own righteousness. Like we have already read from Isaiah 64, verse 6. All, everything we do is filthy rags before God. That's why God decided to save us. One, out of love. And two, because we can't save ourselves. That's why he decided to save us. Clap for God. Clap for God. Clap for God. Then number eight, this is part one, then we go to part two. Number eight, Jesus Christ had to come and die on the cross because the Bible teaches that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Hebrews 9.22, it says almost all things are by the law purged with blood and without the shedding of blood. There is no remission. Hallelujah. Now, somebody will ask a question, why did Jesus share his blood? Why couldn't God save us another way? The main reason why we are going to hell is because of sin. And the only thing that washes sin away, the only thing that brings forgiveness of sin is the blood of Jesus. That's why the Bible says, all things, all things are made pure under the law by blood. Purge means to make pure. All things are made pure with blood. And there is no remission, which is forgiveness of sin, without the shedding of blood. That's why back in the day, before Jesus came, when people sinned, they had to do a sacrifice. They would kill a, a, a sheep, depending on your sin. If your sin is very big, you kill a cow, a bull. If your sin is small, small sin is like which one? And big sin is like which one? Yes, that one. So, depending on your size... So you can imagine this Sunday, as we are coming to church, some of you will be carrying sheep. Some of you will be carrying lambs. Some of you will be carrying um, cows. Even some of you will be carrying elephants. Elephant, then you are coming with the elephant. 
to come and pay for your sins and my sins. Do you get it? But so for Jesus to save us, he had to come and shed his blood. He couldn't have used miracles. That's why Jesus stopped doing miracles and went to the cross to die. Jesus did all kinds of, every, every type of miracle you can think about, Jesus did it. Miracle that had to do with businesses. That's when they asked for, he said, go and see the fish. Take money out of their mouth. Then one day he took Peter to see. They caught a lot of fish, Luke chapter 5, and their, their nets broke. Yeah, he did miracles that had to do with sickness. He healed many sick. He raised many dead. He did miracles that had to do with food. Bible says he fed many, he, look, he fed 5,000 people on one occasion. Then he fed 4,000 people on another occasion. He did all these things. But at a point, he himself realized that these things cannot save us. I said, these things cannot save us. So he went to Jerusalem because he knew that he would be killed in Jerusalem. So he went in Jerusalem so that he can be killed. Yeah, he went willingly to Jerusalem to be killed. And he lasted only seven days in Jerusalem. Yeah, came to Jerusalem on Sunday. By Friday, he was dead. By Friday, he was dead. That triumphant entry into Jerusalem, Sunday. Hosanna, Hosanna, Sunday, by Friday. By Thursday, they had captured him. By Friday, they had killed him. Jerusalem, Jerusalem totties, they don't joke. No, 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 no. Hey, you can be walking in Capernaum, Galilee, doing all kinds of, they try to kill you there, you don't die. That one, you are free. But Jerusalem, you will die. They killed him one time because he knew that it's through dying and shedding of his blood. That's why they didn't give him poison for him to die. They had to kill him for him to bleed as much as possible so that all my sins will be washed away and all your sins will be washed away. Jesus knew the amount of sin I was going to sin and he shed enough blood to cover for all my sins. The same for you. Now when you are saved, what happens? What is the effect of salvation? Quickly, in tennis. Number one, when you are saved, all your sins, past, present, and future sins are forgiven. Clap for Jesus. Clap for Jesus. I am showing you the effect of Jesus coming to die on the cross for you and I. When you are saved, your past sins, Valentine's Day um, 2017, forgiven. Your other sin, 31st December, 2019, forgiven. That other sin, the one that every day, as soon as we talk about sin, you think about forgiving. The sin that you are in right now, right now, right, as you are sitting in church listening to me, right now, it's all in. Oh, have you not seen some sins? They are ongoing. They are, they are progressive. They are ongoing. <laughs> They are like a series. You are currently in season three, episode four. <laughs> yeah, you have just taken an ad break to come to church. Sometimes even the person you are seeing is sitting next to you. Check your neighbor and let's see. Check your neighbor and let's Thank God I don't have a neighbor. <laughs> because I went to check all my neighbors. I didn't find any of them. That one also. The blood of Jesus forgives it. Then the one that even is alarming is your future. Uh, 
me, for me, of all the benefits of salvation, this is my favorite. That my future sin, the sin that I'll sin next week, next two weeks, next year, next five years, next ten years. Jesus has made a provision for it. Oh! What a savior. What a savior. Hey, Pastor, are you saying that now we can go around and sing all the things we are going to sing? We shall feel free and expand our singing ministry. No. The Bible says, shall we continue to sin for grace to abound? Shall we continue to live in sin so that grace will abound? No. But if, if you make a mistake, the Bible says that if you confess your sins, he's faithful and he's just to forgive you of all your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. This is one of the provisions for salvation. When you make a mistake, you can come back to him and say, yes, I knew that. You know, sometimes you do something against somebody and then you do it again and you have done it up seven times. When you do it again, you feel you don't want to come back because it's like every day I'm coming to ask for forgiveness. I'm, I, no, they will think that I'm not serious. But when it comes to God, he never takes you unserious. No. You come again. He even knows that you will do it next week. But he will forgive you now. <laughs> yeah. No, some of the... Uh, look, have you not confessed a sin? As you were confessing it, you were sure you won't do it again. Then you did it again. How many of you... It has happened to me many times. I don't know about you. Uh-huh. So God knows. Bible says God knows all things. He knows the, the end from the beginning. So he knows that you will do it again. But he still forgives you. Yeah. This is one of the reasons why I try to forgive people. Even though I know that they have not changed. Because I look at myself, me too, God knows that I have not changed, but he has forgiven me all the same. Why should I feel more righteous than God? Let me just do what God says we should do. So even your future sin. Now, what is the condition? When you sin, you come and ask him for forgiveness. You repent of it and come and ask him for forgiveness. Second effect. When you are born again, you receive eternal life. This is perhaps one of the most powerful life-changing messages I'm preaching. I'm surprised that you are not clapping. Yeah. I'm surprised. This is the message that will get you to heaven. And heaven is our goal. Yeah? When you are born again, by Jesus dying on the cross, when you receive it, what you get is eternal life. Eternal life is living forever in the kingdom of God, in heaven, to be specific. That's eternal life. John 5, 24, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on me, on him that sent me, has eternal life or everlasting life. I'm looking forward to everlasting life. I'm looking forward to it. That one day we'll set our foot in heaven and live forever. Where there is no curse, there is no sickness, there is no tears, no hunger. No, even to escape from the hunger that is in this world. Oh. No coronavirus. Yeah. No Donald Trump. Anyway. 
Number three, you become a child of God. Third benefit of you being saved, you become a child of God. You become a child of God. It says, as many as receive him, John 1, to him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even they that believed on his name. Who is your father? Or who your father is determines what you become. Yeah. Determines what you become. What's this? Blessed Baba. Uh, oh, it's like that. Yeah, and Blessed Mama is there. Yeah. Who your parents are makes a lot of difference. It, de- it, de- it determines the school you will go to. It determines the values you will learn. Some people tell lies because of their parents. Some children are stubborn because of their parents. They pick it from their parents. You think your children are not watching. They are always watching. Your children are watching more than secret guards. Oh, yeah, I'm telling you. So any good thing you do, they learn it. Any bad thing you do, they learn it. Yeah, and, and, and you see, the reason is that as parents, I don't know why I'm even talking about this. As parents, we are our children's first role models. Before they come to know all Ben 10 and all these cartoons, you are the person they know. So for a long time, they want to be like you. So they are watching. One parent told me something last week, I don't even know if I can say it today, that a child... No, let me not say it to this. Oh, you, you have my number. You can call me, I'll tell you. I'm surprised you are saying Just call me, I'll tell you. Call me on 020 I'll tell you. Yeah. Or check my status tomorrow. I'll put it there. <laughs> so if you become a child of God, it's the highest. You have become the child of the highest possible father you can have. Highest, best, best, bestest possible father that you can have. That God himself become a child of God. Hey, Pastor, I thought all of us are children of God. No. No. All of us are creation of God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created everything. All things were made by him. There was nothing that was made that was made without him. But children of God, no. No. By the grace of God, everything that is in my house belongs to me. But not all of them are my children. My fridge is not my child. My TV is not, I have a TV, okay? Just so you know. Just so you know. My TV is not my child. My children are my children. Yeah, there's something. That makes them God. When it comes to God, also there's something that makes you a child of God. Something, and that thing is accept Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and your Savior. Then you qualify to be. A, I'm excited that I'm a child of God. I'm excited that I'm a child of God. Yeah, I'm excited. I don't want to use that scripture today. Next one. When you get born again, or when you get saved, when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, 
you become a new creation. You become a new creation. Bible says that, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. All things are become new. You become a new creature. Second Corinthians 5.17. You and I, the day we welcomed Jesus into our hearts and into our lives, there was, there was a spiritual transformation. You become a new person. No other religion promises this. Yeah. There are some religions for you to, to be saved. You have to kneel down and crawl and, and on your knees. Go up a set of stairs to be saved. When you go, you see blood all over the stairs. Blood. Even they believe in blood. That blood must be shed by your blood. <laughs> yeah. But Christianity promises that you become a new creation. You are a new person. When I got born again, I became a new person. My nature changed. Fundament, my fundamental nature changed. You too, your fundamental nature changed at salvation. For some of you, it will change today in the name of Jesus. Number five, your, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Now, each of these points are different yet necessary. You will see as I read this scripture. Are different yet necessary. Your name must be in the book of life to step into heaven. Or you have this your eternal life on earth. Yeah. Let me read it to you. Revelation 21. And there shall be in no wise enter, in, enter into it anything that defileth neither whosoever worketh damnation or maketh a lie, but they which were written in the Lamb's book of life. Revelation 21, 27. Revelations, I think, 2015 says, whosoever's name was not found in the book of life was cast in the lake that burneth with fire. Your name has been in this book. Some of you are struggling to belong to a WhatsApp group. But there's a group that is more important and more relevant for you to be part of. Which is the Lamb Book of Life. The Lamb's Book of Life. You must be part of it. David, you must be part of it. Your name must be in there. When you are born again, the name is put there. So one day when we get to heaven, they will open the book. By Revelation to the Bible, and the books were open, and another book was open, which was called the book of life. And out of it, everybody was judged. They whosoever's name. So they will go through it and see if your name is there. They will go and say, what is your name, sir? Mr. Zolile in Shona. From where? Where are you from, sir? Tofin Baba. Are you from? Are you from Tofin Baba? King Williamstown. Uh-huh. Because you are not from Tofin Baba. When I was there, you were not there. Just kidding. And then they will start checking. You say your name begins with what? Z. Is that your first name or your last name? Your first name. So then they start checking. Z, then they get to Z. Then they see Zenandi. 
zikona zama zandile zuko you say what's your name z o oh oh okay ah zondi are you zondi hey zoleka zola Zozipi. <laughs> oh, that one killed me. Zozipini was me South African. Eh? Uh-huh. No, that girl, I want to go on toy toy for her because Corona didn't allow her to do her Miss South Africa properly. And the new Miss South Africa, I don't know. Anyway. Let me go on. Anyway, anyway. Anyway. Zo, ah, Zolile. Matlangu. Eh? Zolile Mandla. Zolile Mavela. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Maybe it's on the next page. Sorry, we didn't check the next page. Zolile in Shona. Oh, that's you coming inside. But if your name is not found there, my brother, my sister can shout. Oh, please, I was in Christ at Hope Cathedral. I was in Lighthouse Chapel, Peter Marisberg. Bishop Daniel was my pastor. I was in the dancing stars. I was in the film stars. I was in the roses. I was in the tulips. I was part of Apple stars. They will still say, go to hell. Oh, please, I used to pay tithe. Go to hell with your tithe. We will give you a refund of your tithe and you will go to hell. Oh, please, please, my center, please, my center leader was Sister Melanie. Please, let's call her. I have a phone number here. Let's call her. She can tell you that you will still go to hell if your name is not in that book. If your name is not in that book. I remember the story of the rich man and Lazarus. When the rich man went to hell and he was suffering, he started to tell Father Abraham that, oh, Lazarus, that guy standing next to you, I know him. He remembers me. Please, that guy. They said, no, no, no. Where you are, that's where you are. Look, church of God, let us ensure that our names are written in the book of life. And that is why Jesus died and shed his precious blood for you. Number six, I finish on this one. Where where is it? You will enter the new Jerusalem. You will enter the new Jerusalem. Revelations 21, 23 says, And the city had no need for the sun. Neither of the moon. To shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it. And the lamp is the light thereof. This is the new Jerusalem. We are going to 24. But 23 tells us that. That city called the new Jerusalem. It didn't need the sun to shine for them.
So he didn't need the light. When God created the moon, the moon and the sun, he called them, and, and the Bible said, and the Lord, Genesis 1, and the Lord made two great lights. The greater light to rule in the day and the lesser light to rule in the night. These are the lights of the world. But he says, in that city, we will not need the sun. We will not need the moon. But the glory of God will light up, will light up the place. To light up the place. And the lamp in the light thereof. 24. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. I'm looking forward to going to this city. Yeah. I'm looking forward to being in this city. As a, as a, a normal human being in this world, there are 10 places in the world I want to visit before I die. Ten places that I want to see myself before I die. By the grace of God, I think I've been to four of them. Four on my ten. I'm left with six. Yeah. I'm left with six. And I'm saying that even here on this earth, we have places we want to go to. We want to step into. We want to be allowed into. We have places. How much more when we get to heaven, a place that God himself has created, the new Jerusalem. Hey! We want to be. I will be there. And you will be there. I said I'll be there. And you will be there. You will be there. When you are saved. So, being the greatest thing that can happen to you is being saved. That's the greatest thing that can happen to you. It's to be saved. For your name to be written in the Lamb's book of life. For you to have eternal life. For you to become a child of God. For you to be a new creation. Hey. Oh, I want to get there. For your sins to be forgiven. Bible says some, some 10 verse. Blessed is he whose sins are forgiven. That your sins are forgiven. Hey. Relationships don't work because sins are not forgiven. And when I talk of relationship, I don't just mean beloveds. Any type of relationship. Mother, daughter, mother, son, husband, wife, friends. Any type of relationship. The thing that destroys the relationship is unforgiveness. Sins are not forgiven. Because that's what we make. James 3 verse 2, Bible says, well, in all things we make mistakes. So then it's not the absence of, we can't have an absence of mistakes. No. What we can have is forgiveness. I said what we can have is what? For, because that's what the mistake. Oh, well, make them. Some of the people, they themselves are their mistake. So you constantly make, we constantly make mistakes. What makes the relationship continue is the ability to say, I'm forgiving you. Let's go forward. I'm forgiving you. Let's move on. Yeah. So when God forgives our sins, it's to ensure that our relationship with him continues. From today, don't take your salvation as a joke anymore. Longstar, from today. Don't take your relationship, your salvation. Don't joke. You can joke with anything. Don't joke with your salvation. Because the Bible says, if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? I pray for you. If you are here this morning, you are saved. My prayer for you is that you will stand sure in your salvation. 
if you are here this morning, you are not saved. My prayer for you is that today you will respond to the call of God. That you will not harden your heart as you hear me. The Bible says, in that day, harden not your heart as in the day of provocation. The day of provocation means the day they made God angry. Why did they make God angry? They provoked him by hardening their hearts. Refusing to respond to him. So he said, as you hear this word, harden not your heart. Don't be stubborn. Jesus is calling you. You know, a pastor, let me say this as I close. A pastor called me Saturday morning. He said to me, you, don't, you have no idea the problem I have this, yesterday to this morning. I said, what is the problem? He said, I had the program in church. Nice program. Everybody, everything went well. Just at the end of the program, they came to call me. What is the problem? Somebody at the back there had fallen down. I mean, just fainted. They tried to put water. By the time they got to the hospital, dead. Yeah. Right after he finished preaching, he made an, when he made the altar, he finished it. When he made it, he said, he felt that there's some, there are more people who need to be. So he made the altar, he made the altar call about three times. Made, first group came, made the altar call again. Another group made it a third time. Then he left it. As soon as he put the microphone down, after that is offering and sharing announcement and grace. By the time they finished the offering, they came to call him, please. There's an emergency. When he went to the back, the guy was lying on the 14-year-old boy, lying on the ground. So, okay, these things, they happen. Sometimes it's the heat. Sometimes, let's pour water. They sprinkle water here, there. By the time they realized, took him to the house. By the time they got to the house, he was dead. 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 Sometimes when God is reaching out to you, it's very crucial. It's very crucial. My prayer is that you won't harden your heart. He said, harden not your heart as in the day of provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Pray that today you soften your heart and respond to the call of God that Jesus is calling you to salvation, to save your life and to rescue you from going to hell. Today may be your only opportunity. Today, I'm not saying you will die today, or you, but what I'm saying is that today may be the best time for you to accept Christ. After today, your heart will become hardened. May become hardened. I pray that you welcome Jesus into your heart. Stand to your feet. Let's share a word of prayer. You are here this morning. You have heard God's word. The Bible says, As you have heard this word, harden not your heart. Jesus came to die to save us from our sins, to give us eternal life. To ensure that our names are written in the book of life. To make sure that we become children of God. To ensure that we will make it to the new Jerusalem. You are here this morning. You have never asked Jesus to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life. If you are here like that with every eye closed and every head bowed. Lift up your right hand wherever you are standing. I want to pray for you. I want to pray with you. Lift up your right hand wherever you are standing. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you right now. It's not time to look around. It's time to think about your life and about yourself. Lift up your right hand. Lift it higher. Maybe you have been playing church. It's time to play Christ. It's time to play Christ. It's time to play Christ. Lift up your right hand wherever you are. I want to pray with you. 
I want to pray with you. I want to ask Jesus to come into your heart to be your Lord and your Savior. Lift up your right hand. I'll pray with you. If your hand is up, come to me in the front. I'll pray with you. You lift up your hand. Come to me. I'll pray with you. You lift up your hand. Come to me. Come to me. given your life to, to Jesus before. But you know that you are not a good Christian. You know that you are not living your life as a Christian. I want you to come to me. I'll pray with you. Right? I want you to join this group. You know. You know that look, the way your life is is not a Christian life. If you are here like that, every eye closed, every head bowed. You are here like that. I say, Pastor, pray with me. I know I am not a good Christian. I may have given my life to Christ before, but I'm not a good Christian. Please pray with me. If you are here like that, lift up your right hand wherever you are, and I'll pray with you. I'm not a good Christian. Pray with me. Pastor, pray with me. Lift up your hand. I want ensure that your name is in the book of life. Lift up your hand. Lift your hand high above your head. I want to pray with you. This the season of salvation. This is the season of deliverance. I want to pray with you. Lift up your right hand. I will pray with you. I will pray with you. If you are lifting your hand, don't confuse us by lifting one hand like you are. If you are lifting your hand, lift your hand clearly above your head. Above your head, I'll pray with you. If your hand is up, come to the front. I'll pray with you as well. Come to the front. I'll pray with you. Give him your life today. This is my final call. Pastor, I want to dedicate my life to Jesus. This is my last call. Anyone whose name is not found in the Lamb's book of life was not allowed to enter to heaven, but was rather cast into the lake, burning with fire. I want to give this final opportunity. Pastor, I want to dedicate my life to Jesus. You are listening to me where you are standing. This may be your final call to come to Jesus. Your final call to come to Jesus. Come to me now, 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 now. Come to Jesus right now. Wow. If you are in front, pray this prayer with say dear Lord Jesus I dedicate my life to you I accept pray this prayer sincerely and strongly say I accept that I'm a sinner 
please forgive me of all my sins. I believe that you died for me and you rose again. I confess that Jesus is the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying to save me. From today, I will live for you. I will serve you. I will live for you. My life will be a life of serving you. I will glorify you with my life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying to save me. Amen. Why don't you put your hands together for them? You are quite a crowd. I don't know what to do with you now. All right. Those of you who came forward in my first call. Yeah, if you came, don't be in a hurry to go anywhere. We are, church is not over. Those of you, when I called the first group that came, lift your hand. If you're in the first group that I called, lift your hand. Lift your hand. The first group. Okay. If you are in that first group, just, just walk through the front. You are, if your hand is up, just the lady waving there, just go through. Just go through with them. Is, were you in the first group? Okay, first group. First group. First group. Okay. Wonderful. Those of you in the second, you are the rededication group. Is that right? Or you want to be in the first group? No, it's, there's no problem. There's actually no difference. You are all starting from grade one. No difference. If you want to be in the first group, I can let you be in the first group. Those of you who are rededicating your life to Christ, the time to take Jesus seriously is now. Do you get it? The time to stop playing church and start playing Christ is now. Because Jesus said, I will come like a thief at night. What it simply means is that the, the time Jesus woke, nobody can predict it. It will be the least expected time. So if we are not ready for him all the time, he will catch us unready. That's what it means. So every day must be the day that Jesus is coming and we must be prepared to meet God at any point in time. Alright. Wonderful. So God bless you for rededicating your life to Christ. Start living for Jesus from today. Father, I pray for this group. And for everybody under the sound of my voice, help us by your spirit to live for you. To live a life dedicated unto you in the name of Jesus. A life that glorifies your name. A life that blesses your purpose for our lives. A life that justifies that we are truly saved. Washed, purchased with the blood of Jesus and washed by that same blood. In Jesus' name. Amen. Wonderful. Clap for them. Go back to your seats, please. Thank you for joining us. We believe you have been blessed by this life-transforming message by Bishop Daniel Harley. For more information, contact us at 204 Peter Kirchhoff Street, Peter Maritzburg, or call 083-773-1605. God richly bless you.